In God's timing, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verse 1 through 4. And there is a connection with uh, Mother's Day today. So if you would like to, we'll keep the basket going, prayer requests dropping in, gifts, and we're going to stand together. Let me read the passage, and then we'll share together. Now, what is it that the Holy Spirit is saying to us out of the Word? Watch what God does and then do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with Him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us but to give everything of himself to us, love like that. Don't allow love to turn into lust, setting off a downhill slide into sexual promiscuity, filthy practices, or bullying greed. Though some tongues just love the taste of gossip, those who follow Jesus have better uses for languages than that. Don't talk dirty or silly. That kind of talk doesn't fit our style. Thanksgiving is our dialect. Please have a seat. In some translations, uh, watch what God does are these words, imitate God. And I think if we stop for a moment and thought about that, we'd think, imitate God. Imitate Jesus. That's a tall order. How am I going to do that? Well, I'd like to remind us that we were created in the image of God. And what that would mean is that part of us is, is, has the ability for God to fashion His character within us so that we can imitate God, and we're learning about that process in Ephesians 4. I want to remind us that to imitate God starts with God fashioning His life within us. Again, we can try to change our behavior until the cows come home whenever cows come home, and it doesn't work. We can modify our behavior, we can try harder, but ultimately we go back to whatever our character is. What God is interested in, He's interested in fashioning His character within us so that we have a life that's renewed from the inside. It works itself out to our conduct. And as it gets out to our conduct, old conduct leaves and new conduct is in its place. God wants to accurately reproduce His character in us. That's how we can imitate God. When He accurately reproduces His character within us, and then we allow that to dispose of our character, our character is transformed, we're becoming like God, and our conduct changes from the inside out. It's an inside-out process. Again, I, I just want to emphasize, I want to go overboard because I really believe that for most of us, the church experience has been about changing our behavior on the outside without recognizing that won't happen until something changes on the inside. 
We can cause people to feel guilty, and we can also cause people to be really good deceivers when we put the emphasis on the outside. I mean, people get really good at hiding their sin when there's pressure in the community to behave a certain way. But God's not interested in that. He wants to fashion a life from the inside out. So it looks like, at the middle, a life renewed from the inside. The Holy Spirit is trying to renew our life at the core of who we are. And in that, the Holy Spirit accurately, the emphasis on that accurately, reproduces His character within us. And and then that begins to work itself out into our conduct. And as we behave, we have a conduct based upon a, a transformed character, then that displaces our old character. Now, we've been looking at a new way of of life. So when when you and I declared, I want to follow Jesus, what we were saying is, I want you to change my life. I want you to change the way that I live my life day in and day out. Again, I am really sorry if you were told, believe in Jesus and you'll go to heaven. Something got missed there. Yes, I, I'm, I, I, I think I'm going to spend eternity with Jesus. But I'm, I'm actually got to live a life, and I hope I live a long life because i got a lot to do. And in living that life, my life is being transformed. I want to become more and more like Jesus. And when I said I'll follow you, I invited Jesus to change my life from the inside out. Truthfully, I can resist that. There are times I have resisted that. I have to participate I have to be willful. I have to say, I want to. And I've slammed my head against the wall in in many areas of my life until finally I said, I give up. I give up. I really want you to transform me from the inside out. I want your character. We've looked at telling the truth. I mean, I'm going to talk about my family of origin in a moment, but I, I want you to know that I was raised in a family that was very, very good at delusion. We had serious, serious problems that we ignored. Well, I didn't tell myself the truth for like 30 years of my life. 15 of those is when I even knew Jesus. So again, I have to tell you, yes, we become a new creature in Christ, but that's a process. It's not a moment in time. So it took years for me to tell the truth to myself, for me to tell the truth to God, for me to tell the truth to others. Righteous indignation. Be angry, yet don't sin. So if anger becomes fuel for revenge, if I live a life that's eye for eye, tooth for tooth, that's, that's, that is anger out of control. If I can't ever resolve my anger... Like, I'm, I'm angry at you, like, now, and I'm going to be angry at you next year, and the next year, and the next... Well, that's really destructive anger. Anger gets resolved when it's healthy anger, when it's righteous indignation. Honest employment. Get a job. Provide for your family. And... Take care of others. I mean, that is one of the greatest things we've found in the Bible. It's not just about me. It's not just about me taking care of my family. 
It's about me taking care of my family and being a generous person and taking care of others. And again, that ethic, I hope that ethic invades our nation. If we are a Christian nation, and that's up for debate, how Christian is, is our nation, then there, there should be a system that we provide for those that can't work, that have need. And even if it didn't, I should, because the Bible tells me to. Last week we looked at a new way of talking. I should have a new language. As I have intimate relationship, the, the most intimate part of my life is relationship with the Holy Spirit. Again, I told you, Susan and I, where did Susan go? She is. We'll celebrate uh, 36 years. I got lost because our friends Bob and Linda celebrated 39 years. Our 36th anniversary will be this month. And that's the most intimate relationship I have on the planet. But the relationship Susan has with the Holy Spirit and I have with the Holy Spirit is more intimate than that. And in that intimacy, the Holy Spirit speaks. And as he speaks, he speaks in a way that I listen and he's teaching me a new way of talking to you. There's a new language to learn, for, again, from the inside out. Today, we're looking at a life of love. God wants to reproduce accurately within us his love. He wants us to be a people, a community of love from the inside out. Now, this passage tells us to start this way. Watch what God does. And then notice it says, observe how Jesus loved us. So what is he saying to us? He's saying, I am a God of action. I am a God of love. Watch how I love you. Jesus is the Lord of love. Observe how Jesus loved. Watch. Observe. What are we talking about? Eyes. What are we talking about? Experience. Senses. Remember that? Five senses? Yeah. Open your eyes. Experience the love of God. God is love. That's, that's, the, that's a major revelation in the Bible. God is love. And it's not a cheesy, weak, you know, slippery kind of... It's the real thing, love. It's the, it's the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, everything that 1 Corinthians 13 describes as love. That's what God is. So God, in His essence... In his character's love. And he wants to reproduce that love in us from the inside out. He has demonstrated his love to us. Now, do you, do you know like the full context of that? He has demonstrated his love for us in that while we were sinners. That would mean he has demonstrated his love towards us when we were at our worst. Why in the world do we think we got to get good for God to love us? Why? How did, how did, that, how did that get in the system? How did it, you know, if I perform this, if I do this, then God will love me? Where did that come from? That doesn't come from God. Where did that come from? 
God has demonstrated his love toward us that while we were at at our worst, even in that context, the enemies of God, he loved us. Wow, that's astounding love. And again, I'm not talking about sugar plums. I'm talking about real love. Observe how Jesus loved. Jesus loved us not cautiously. (laughs) It cost him his life to love us. He took every risk to love us. And his love was extravagant. He did not love in order to get something from us. He did, not order, he did not love us in order for us to be saved. Hear that. He did not love us in order that we would spend eternity. To, he, there was no strings attached to his love. He loved us to give everything of himself to us. What a love. What a a love. So we're to watch what God does, and mostly what God does is love us. We're to observe how Jesus loved us. So we're supposed to watch our Father, and we're supposed to observe our brother. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Oh, we could be in trouble here. You know, we learn to love or not to love in our families. Now, in defense of my family, my family was not living in relationship with Jesus. My mom and my dad had professions of faith early in their life. Something happened with the thing called the church. My, my family, basically, my dad was a scientist, so he became very agnostic. And then my family uh, began to disintegrate due to alcoholism. And I can tell you that I did not learn how to love from watching my parents. My parents were trying to fix each other. My parents lived very unforgiving lives. They they held, I mean, resentment, resentment upon resentment upon resentment. So I know for me, a husband and a wife, a mom and a dad, loving each other was not modeled for me very much. There were moments but not very much. Parents teach their children proper behavior or not. I can tell you that my parents taught me more improper behavior than proper behavior. Yes, I use a fork and a knife. You know, I know how to sit at a table. I know how to clean my plate. Yes, But as far as how to live successfully in relationship, that was not modeled for me. In our society right now, in our culture right now, 
A friend of mine, an older friend, said not too long ago, the 1960s unhinged our culture. And since the 1960s, family has disintegrated in the United States of America. You know, the news that was in, you know, the big news of the week about defining marriage, I mean, that, again, there is just this continuing <laughs> disintegration of family and the institution of marriage. It would be great if heterosexual marriages could say to those that would like gay marriages, well, we're really successful, but my friends... Statistics tell us that it's not any more successful between a man and a woman or between gay people. And then when you begin to read about marriages within the gay community, I mean, it's open marriage. There, there's no fidelity in 50% of those unions. It's, it's a disintegration. So if I could broaden out from my family, what I, what I was brought up in, and just, and just kind of, you know, for many of us, we've been brought up in a broken system, a broken family. And, and, and how do we learn? How do we learn proper behavior? How do we learn to love if what's been modeled for us has been so broken? And then what's the path of recovery? I am really, really grateful. At 17, Jesus introduced himself to me, and he brought me into a new family. And I began to sort out, okay, my, my earthly dad loves me this way, but my heavenly dad loves me this way, and they're not the same. And then I began to experience healing for brokenness. I was broken. And I, I won't, you know, if... You and I get to spend time together. I'll tell you more of my story, but I'm not going to tell you all the story. But as far as relationship, what I, you know, marriage, family, fathering, mothering, I mean, all of that had to be corrected by my Father in heaven and my big brother Jesus. Now, I'm really grateful that my dad came to faith in Jesus. And now our relationship is restored, and we, we, we have a relationship that we never had. So that's the only hope I know of, that within and systems, families that get broken, where parents learn proper behavior from parents, God, Jesus, has got to be in the mix. And see, again, how tragic it is when God and Jesus are in the mix, and it's distorted. A friend of mine this week told me, you know, I, you know I don't go to church. I said, no, I know you don't go to church. It's really not about going to church. It's not about attending meetings. But he told me why he didn't. And it was because at eight years old, he was riding in the family pickup next to the Catholic priest that reached over and touched his crotch. So here was a man of God representing God, didn't have, it didn't have to be Catholic. It could be Protestant, too. You know that, don't you? So here is the one that represents supposedly the God of love doing something improper, and then this young man saying, oh, that's it. I'm done. 
I'm never going to darken the door of a church again. So when the church gets it wrong, so when the church, you know, mostly what God does is love, and the church says mostly what God does is judge, you, do you see the distortions? You, you, do you see what a mess we're going to get in? Can I coach you a little bit about the news, headline news? God loves us all. God loves us all. And we need to be a people that love people because that is what will change people from the inside out. If we just run around judging people, condemning people, hating people, fearing people, we just add to the improper behavior. We're not just to watch God. We're not just to observe God. We're to love like God. Again, that, we can't do that unless we're experiencing God's love from the inside out. Then you do it. Don't just keep learning about how God loves you. You do it. You love. So how are we to love? We're to love extravagantly, not cautiously. Again, can I, can, I kind of, can I kind of press this? Since the 1960s, the church has been in retreat. The church has observed, it's, it's, it's coming apart, it's falling apart. Wait, retreat, retreat. Get, get, build the walls, get the walls thicker, you know. We've got to get away from them, help us. May I, may I say that's totally cautious love? If you and I can't love sinners, then we're not loving like God loves. It's just that simple. It is just that simple. Is there risk involved in loving people that are living a lifestyle that is alternative? Sure. But if we don't love them, who is? If we're not going to represent the character of God to people around us that have never experienced love of God, who is? Who's going to do it? If we can't love people that we disagree with, who's going to love them? Did Jesus love people that disagreed with him? Yeah. Did he die for people that disagreed with him? Yes. We're to love others, not to get something from others, but to give everything of ourselves to others. We're not to love others so that they attend meetings with us. Can I say that again? Jesus did not come and give his life so that we could have meetings. Jesus came and gave his life so that we could live, fully live, fully love, engage the people around us, and share the good news of the kingdom. And we do that most often out there, not in here. In here is to equip us to do it out, here, out there. If I'm not equipping you to go out there, if I'm not part of the Holy Spirit empowering us to go do it, I'm not doing my job. We're not stirring each other up to go. We're going to celebrate Pentecost Sunday at the end of the month. 
Why did the Holy Spirit appear as tongues of fire? Whoa, what is that? Why were they empowered to go? We, we, you know, we could cry all day about how, how, what a tragedy our great nation is coming. What about the Roman Empire? How sordid was that? And how long did it take 125 people empowered by the Holy Spirit to turn the Roman Empire upside down? <laughs> Do we have a vision for that happening with our nation? Because that's what it's going to take. To give everything of ourselves to others, which may mean we might die. So what? There's a lot worse things than dying when you believe in the resurrection. We're to love by giving not taking. That's, that's, where the, that's where the lust comes in, in this pair, because lust is all about taking. Promiscuity, pornea, the Greek word, pornea, by the way, includes every sexual perversion that we can come up with. There is not a word in the Bible for homosexuality. It's in the family of pornea which would tell us that as God looks at our depravity, our sin, our brokenness, He really doesn't draw a big line between adultery and homosexuality. Sin is sin. Brokenness is brokenness. It's really, really sad when people lose their gender identity. Sin is genetic. Sin is in the gene pool. We come into the world with the gene called sin, and it is, it's expressed in a lot of different ways. And then our family of origin adds to it. And the only thing that can save us is the Savior, Jesus Christ. See, our words are to be words of thanksgiving as we're loving, and they're not bragging about our conquests. When we begin to lust, when we begin to have greed, all we're thinking about is taking, 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 taking. Also, that's also loving cautiously, because I'm going to make sure I get from you what I need. So here's some suggestions. I think it is really, really helpful for each one of us to identify our model for loving others. I would say for most of us, it's a mixed bag. We've had some good models and we've had some bad models. I'm not, I'm not asking you to hate the bad models. I'm asking you to observe the models and then you may have to do some forgiveness, but you can because now God lives in you and he forgives. But you, you, you need to identify what your model for loving others is. And it may be mixed between a good model and a bad model. And what, what we really need is to pay careful attention to Jesus. Because when we focus on Jesus, we want to love better. You know, go back. 
and look for those events in the life of Jesus while he was on the planet where he's loving people extravagantly. And that hopefully will awaken within us, oh man, I want to love like Jesus did. I want to love that strongly. I want to love without caution, extravagance. I want to do that. If that awakens, then we can invite the Holy Spirit to pour out the love of God from within. The Holy Spirit has the ability to pour into our lives the love of God. And it's not there without Him doing that. He wants to accurately reproduce love within us so then it can be expressed outside. We want to experience the love of the Father and the love of the Son. I mean, I, I, you know, in my memory, I remember the time. I remember where I was. I remember the events in my life when I experienced the prodigal son story. It was no longer a story that I was reading in the Bible. It now became my story. And I experienced the embrace of the Father as I returned to Him. I experienced that. His arms went around me. I felt the beat of His heart. My God is loving. My Father in Heaven is loving me. I'm experiencing that love. I'm being overwhelmed by that love. God doesn't want us just to talk about His love. He really wants us to experience it. He wants to reduce us to sniveling and tearing and all of that. That's a good thing. Because that's how much he loves us. And then as he loves us, and as love is awakened from the inside out, then we're to love. As we're loved, so we are to love. And yes, we are to love each other, but we don't need to spend all of our time loving each other. <laughs> we need to love people all around us on the globe. And the whole variety of people. People need to experience the love of God when they are at their worst. So would you like to stand with me? Moms, forgive me, this wasn't quite a Mom's Day message. But obviously you see your part in this. We want to love well. So Lord, here we are. Your creation, created in your image. Thank you that you've pledged yourself to restore our humanity to its fullness. You want to restore and improve the original design of Adam and Eve, and you've bound yourself to do that through the Lord Jesus Christ. God, we thank you that you have revealed yourself as love. And we thank you that what you do most is love us and love those around us. You so love the world 
and you continue to love the world. Thank you that you're not angry with the world right now. You continue to love the world. Lord, we also thank you that you are holy, that you are righteous. We do know that there is a day of judgment. We, we know that. That's in the future. But today, what you mostly do is love us. And Lord, at this time of great brokenness, at this time of family disintegration, at this time the assault on marriage, Lord, you love us. And the way back is for us to be a people who invite you to reproduce your love in us from the inside out. So what I ask, Holy Spirit, is that each and every one of us this morning could begin to experience the love of God. That this week, sometime, maybe right now, we would begin to experience that love that you have for us that is extraordinary that we would begin to experience that love that has no strings attached to it. You love us, period. You've demonstrated that love to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. May we experience your love. And then would you accurately reproduce that love within us so that we would become people that exhibit your love to others that we would become a community of people, families that love as you love, and that, Lord, we, could be, we would be people that would begin to love others around us, and that that irresistible love <laughs> would win the day. Lord, you are our hope. All our hope is in you. You are our treasure. You are our truth. I pray, Lord, that you would awaken us to your love and to the mission of loving others in your name. Finally, Lord, I ask, again, your blessing upon our families. Thank you for the moms. Thank you for the families that they love. I ask that you would empower the moms and the dads and the grandparents, to love as you love. Lord, I ask that you would strengthen the family, Lord, through your love. And it's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. May you have a great family day. Uh, enjoy the weather, enjoy each other. See you later. <laughs>